the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Tonight we're going to finish out the letter of 1 Thessalonians with Paul. And as we come to the close of that letter in the fifth chapter, I'm going to go back through and begin with verse 23 and work our way through verse 28. And I want you to remember that Paul is not finishing 1 Thessalonians with an anticipation of going into 2 Thessalonians. But Paul is addressing this group of young believers with what he believes to be the most important thing for them to know as a new church, a new body of believers. And these believers don't have the experience that you have. Most of you are sitting in this room, even the young people in this room, know so much more and I'm talking about knowledge, know so much more of the Word of God, know so much more of how the Spirit of God functions than they ever did. But what made their lives dynamic, what made them rich in the midst of persecution and trials, was the fact that they had yielded themselves completely to the work of the Spirit of God. They were yielded to the filling of the Spirit of God. They were completely dependent upon Jesus to guide and direct them. And all the scripture they had was what Paul wrote to them in these letters. They didn't have teachers. They didn't have biblical scholars. They just had what the Lord provided for them. And the interesting thing is, it was enough. It was enough. It wasn't just enough, it was more than enough. You see, I want to tell you something. This book is rich with the truth of our Savior and our God. And He has given it to us that we may know Him through the teaching of the Spirit of God. It's Scripture. But you have such a God that as He has united you with Him in Spirit, through one single word of revelation, He could make you the most spiritual man that ever walked the face of the earth. It's not how much we know. It's who we know. And you know what it means to know Him? I've gone through it many times. It doesn't mean to know about Him. And this is the sickness of the Christian world today, is that we know all about Him, but we don't know Him. We don't know Him. 
What we're talking about is the way God created you that He might function in intimacy with you. I want you to know that it all works. It's time to start living it out by faith. And Paul brings mention to these things, in the, particularly in verse 23, of the parts of our spiritual anatomy, of our human anatomy, to allow us to understand that He built us to know Him. He built us to operate in His truth. He literally created us to function out of the Spirit of God. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23-28. through 28. And may the God of peace Himself sanctify you through and through, separate you from profane things, and make you pure and holy, consecrated to God. And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved, sound and complete, and found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Faithful is He who is calling you to Himself and utterly trustworthy, and He will also do it, fulfill His call by hallowing and keeping you. Brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with a sacred kiss. I solemnly charge you in the name of the Lord to have this letter read before all the brethren. The grace, the unmerited favor, and blessing of our Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah be with you all. Amen, and so be it. Now, as we begin, I want us to look at the verse 23 again. And I want you to understand that when he says the God of peace, again, he's talking about the fact that he is at peace with you. Whether or not you are at peace with him is up to you. (laughs) But he is at peace with you if you're a child of God. We're going to start with the spiritual anatomy because I want you to understand that God has equipped you to live in truth. The spirit, the center of you, this is where the new creation lives. This is where you are in union with Christ. This is where you and Him share the same place. You are in His presence. You're never out of His presence. You are in His fellowship. You are never out of His fellowship. It never changes. And nothing will change it. The externals don't change it. Your behavior doesn't change it. It is the truth of who you are. And when God looks upon you, He sees you in union with Himself. And you know what? This is the reality of it. He sees within you. He has given you the capacity to live out the same life that Christ lived. Greater things that I did, we will do. That is how He intended you to live. He wants you to understand that you are in union with Him, that you are living in His presence. Now, the thing about this is that that is spiritual. That is where your spirit is with Him. So it exists outside of time and space. And we'll talk about that again because that right there where you are, that is you. And even now you're in the body, but you're also seated with Him in the heavenlies. How does that work? Because you're spiritual. Because that's who you are. Now, the soul, on the other hand, is to be the instrument of the spirit. And as I explained to you many times before, is that the soul, apart from the presiding presence of the spirit of God, is just a vacuum. It's a vacuum. And it is there to receive. 
And so it's going to receive either from the world or it's going to receive from the Spirit of God. And God has commanded that the soul be filled, Ephesians 5.18, with the Spirit of God. That your mind, will, and emotions be ruled over by the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 and Galatians 5.16 says, But I say, walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit, then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh of the human nature without God. So, walk with the Spirit in control. And it begins right here. It starts in the soul. The soul is the place where we experience life. Though it's eternal, like the Spirit, it's neutral. And it only reflects its nurture. What does that mean? It means it just, it just reflects what you put in it. You want to know why you have some of the issues you have? Well, you're feeding it. What are you feeding on? What is your reality? Well, the soul is a vacuum and it will take in. And here's the other truth about the soul. The soul must be saved. It must be saved. Yes, you're a Christian and you're saved here. But the soul is being saved. Remember the verse in Romans? But you are being saved? This is the truth. The soul must be saved. The mind must be saved from unbelief, from selfishness, from wickedness, from impurity, from all manner of things. The will must be saved by the choosing of truth, the choosing to operate in truth, the choosing to to live in truth. As my wife gave her testimony of this weekend or this last couple of days, you know, she said, I had to choose. There was a point of choice for me. And it, in order for the soul, the mind, will, and emotions to be saved, she must choose to believe the truth of her spirit. Now, every one of you right now are going through something that is challenging your hope that is coming against you and may be speaking despair. Maybe you're coming against something that is speaking unbelief into your life. Well, this is where the soul must be saved. This is the truth. The spirit and your spirit being in union is the truth. It is never compromised. It never changes. So we're not saying if this is true. If you are a Christian, this is true. And then you choose to make this true in your mind, will, and emotions. And how do you do that? Well, she illustrated it. And it begins day by day, moment by moment. says, you know what? I don't have any hope, but you, Christ, are my hope. You know what, Lord? I don't have any happiness, but you, Christ, are my joy. You know what, Lord? I don't have any external reasons to be at peace, but you, Father, are my peace. And every one of those things are based in the center of who you are. The soul must be saved from the flesh. It must be saved from the world. It must be saved from the enemy. Now, our spirit is both seated in the body, and our spirit is also seated with the Lord. But the soul is singular in its focus. And because it's singular in its focus, we believe that we're in the body and we're in the earth. We believe that we're bound to the body and bound to the earth. But that is just the focus of the soul. That's not the truth. The truth is that we are in union with Christ. That's who we are. Now, 
the body is to be the manifester of that life, of Christ's life in you, as he expresses his love through you, as he expresses his life and his ministry through you. That is to be the manifester. That's where the world sees Jesus, right there. Okay? But I want to tell you, as I've told you before, the body is not saved. It's not. It's unredeemed. And it's going to die. And you know why? The wages of sin is death. It has to die. And Romans 7 tells us something else about the body. You know what Romans 7 tells us? That that power of sin that once controlled you before God made you a new creation is still resident within the body. And while it does not have control over you any longer, while it does not have power and you are not a slave to it, you can still be influenced by it. So Paul says, I'll be glad when I get rid of this body of sin. Well, me too. How about you? No more will it have any influence over me. Romans six twelve, chapter 6, verses 12 and 13 says, Let not sin, what are we talking about? The sin that's resident in the body. Therefore rule as king in your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies to make you yield to its cravings and be subject to its lust and evil passions. Do not continue offering or yielding your bodily members and faculties to sin as instruments, tools of wickedness, but offer and yield yourself to God as though you have been raised from the dead to perpetual life, and your bodily members and faculties to God, presenting them as implements of righteousness. See, we are to yield our bodies as instruments of the indwelling Spirit of God, that His life may be manifested in us. And he says, live your life as though you have died with Christ and been resurrected. He's not saying that to pretend like that happened. He's saying, live like it has happened. And it has. In other words, stop acting like something you're not. Don't let the body fool you. Don't let the world deceive you. Don't let sin entice you. Live out of the truth of who you are. You are a child of the King. You are in intimacy with Him. And you are in union with the Spirit of God. That is who you are. But you know what? All of this will be just an illustration and a lot of words to you unless the Spirit of God makes it real to you and unless your heart is yielded to receive it. But let me tell you something. I don't have to worry about whether or not you're going to receive the message because it's like worrying of whether or not you're going to acknowledge gravity. It's a truth. That is who you are. And you can say, I am this body. But that won't be a comfortable place to stay in for long. Trust me. And you can say, I am this image. I am this person. I am this. Or I am that. And you can live to whatever identity you want to live to. But I'm going to tell you that when you do, you deny the truth of who you are. And Christian, I don't care how young or old you are, you deny the truth of who you are at the center and you will divide yourself right down the center. And you will live in literal hell right here on earth. You will. You don't believe me? Yeah, i tell you one of the things that's bad about the United States is that we have so many comforts that we believe if we just get on to the next comfort, we could be happy, but we're miserable with all of them. 
And we think that it's normal for marriages to end in divorce. We think it's normal for kids to be out there living like adults. We think it's normal to abuse ourselves and to abuse others. We look at these reality TV shows and they call this reality. And we say, that's normal. It's normal to have a dysfunctional family. It's normal to have kids who rebel. It's normal to have... That's what normality is. I'm telling you that that's what normality is. And there is a better way to live. But you don't have to know it if you don't want to. Because here's the, here's the truth of it, guys. When you chose Jesus, this change took place, and this is who you are. But you don't have to choose Him here, and you don't have to choose Him here. And in here, this is where hell is at for you, Christian. It's in the mind. It's in the will. It's in the emotions. And you know, eventually, it's in the body. You make the choice. Then he moves to verse 24. Now, what Paul is calling them to is to live as the whole spiritual man. He says, the best thing I can train you people to do as new Christians is to begin to live out the truth. To begin to live out what you, what, who you are. The best thing I can do is show you how that works. And it's wonderful when the emotions are high. It's good to be a Christian. When the emotions are high, it's good to be a Christian. But they ride a roller coaster because there's nothing stable in the soul. The soul is a tempest. And God didn't intend the Christian life to be lived out of the soul. He says, live the Christian life controlled in union with the Spirit. That's where He called you to live. He comes to verse 24 and He says, I want you to understand something. You should be a whole Christian. But I want you to understand that your Father is calling you. Faithful is He who is calling you to Himself and utterly trustworthy. He will also do it. He will fulfill His hallowing and His keeping. How in the world are they going to be pure? How in the world are they going to be faultless? How in the world are they going to be preserved? Well, faithful is He who is calling you. And what is He calling you to? To Himself. Now, here's the interesting thing about what that's saying. This is God. And He is literally calling you to live out of who you are. He's calling you to Himself. He says, live out the truth in your mind, will, and emotions. He's calling you to Himself. He is faithful to continue to call you to Himself. Listen, every, t- every situation. You know what the flooding toilet was for us? It's a call to Him. It's exactly what it was. Every moment of every day, every situation that you enter into, you're going to find He is calling you to Himself. Because you have two choices. You can settle it. You can ignore it in the soul. You can settle it in the soul. You can try to to paste over it. Or you can try to get some coping mechanisms to ignore it. Whatever. You can deal with it in the soul. Or you can take it to the level you're supposed to live at and believe you're in union with Christ. And you say, Father, you have allowed this. And that's been the mantra of this week. You allowed it. You know, as bad as it is, I have to believe that the God of the universe allowed it to happen. And this same God loves me with a passion that I can't even comprehend. So what does it mean to me? It means that I can know Him. I can actually have revival in an overflowing toilet. If Christ can give revival to Paul in the deepest part of a dungeon, 
he can bring salvation to the world through a cross, you can have intimacy and revival with him no matter what circumstance and in every situation of life he's calling you to himself that call is consistent and he's utterly faithful and utterly trustworthy to keep it up and here's the interesting thing if you'll just yield to him he will do it what does that mean he will do it you'll fix the toilet no that's not what it means it means that he'll quiet you in his presence It means that He will give you a knowing that He is sovereign in the midst of whatever you're going through. There may be a tempest in the soul, but we don't live in the soul. If you answer His call, being called unto Him, then you will be able to know that the presence of God is holding you and keeping you no matter where you're at. Faithful is He who is calling you, who will also do Paul continues to tell the Thessalonians that this is a life that is calling you to God himself. It is a life of union that draws you to him. That draws you to an intimate walk with him. Paul continues in verse 25 and he says, Brethren, pray for us. Now, that's an interesting thing for me. Because we know that we are holding scripture in our hand. And that this letter is part of the inspired word of God. And Paul is writing under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God directs him to seek continuous prayer from the brethren. Now I find that interesting because Paul's life reflects a deep intimacy with the Lord. And he had an anointing that allowed him to pen the majority of the New Testament. And he asked for prayer. I know of no greater example save the Lord himself of a Christian who walked out of his union with Christ than Paul. And the Spirit of God says, ask for prayer. Yield yourself for the prayer of the brethren. I also want you to note that Paul's not specific in his prayer request. He doesn't say, uh, I'm asking you for prayer for money or for healing. He just says, I want you to pray. You know, he does that in six of his letters. He asks for prayer. Now, I want to remind you that prayer is an act of worship. And listen to this. When we intercede for one another, we are worshiping together. Do you get that? When we intercede with one another for one another, we worship together. Intercessory prayer is for the soul and the body of others. We pray that their soul may receive the work of God, that they may yield to the will of God, that they may be aware of the presence, power, peace of God. Prayer doesn't create those things, but it enables us to receive them and to participate in them. So prayer, prayer is us believing the Father to work in the life of that individual that he may yield in the mind, will, and emotion to the truth. If it's healing, where does, the tr- where does the healing need to take place? In the body. If, it's, if it is peace, where does peace need to be found? In the soul. So when we intercede for each other, what we're interceding for in, in truth is that they yield their souls to the power and the presence of God. And when we're, when we're interceding for healing, what we're interceding for is that they yield their souls and their body to the work of God. We're entering into that. And here's the thing. The prayer doesn't create those things. But it allows you to participate in what God intends to do. 
The soul is a tempest. And, you know, if, we're, if we, you ask us what we're going to pray for, well, I've got all kinds of things I want to pray for. I don't want to get cancer. I don't want to lose my hair. I don't want my car to break down. I don't want the house to fall in. I don't want another toilet to overflow. I'd like the dog to run off. I'd like this to happen. I mean, you name it, we got a whole list of things that we could pray for. Right? We don't know where to pray. But God right here has prayer continuously. He's drawing us to Himself. And here's what I pray. I pray that my soul would be yielded to the work of the Spirit of God. I pray that the Spirit of God will bring to my heart and mind all that He wants me to enter into. Now here's some things you know. You know you need to pray for your family. You think I'm talking about mom and dad? I'm talking about this church right here. This is what God considers family. You want to enter into the fellowship and the truth of this fellowship? You need to begin to intercede. I'm not trying to lay a guilt trip on you. I'm trying to invite you to the party. This is the way we work. This is the way God works within us. Prayer is an act of worship. Prayer doesn't create. It enables. John Bunyan once said, prayer is a shield to the soul. And that's the truth of it. It's important that we pray for others as the Spirit directs, that they may be open to receive. And you know what? I'll say to you guys, brethren, pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me that I'll be open and obedient. Pray for me that I will yield to His life. Pray for me that the life of Christ may flow unreservedly through this man, that others see Jesus, that He increases and I diminish. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation, rest in His life moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, The hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.